You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 106, The Power of Radical Repentance. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, glad you joined me. We're talking this week about repentance. Have you ever got yourself into a situation where you knew the only way out was for you to get right with God? Uh, have you ever been in a situation where you kind of screwed up your relationship with somebody else and you knew that the only way to make this right was for you to repent, you know, to change your mind and get right with your friend? We're going to talk about that. This is one of those topics that uh, is so useful and so needed in our lives. And frankly, it's the thing that keeps us on target. And it's not something that we do just once, but we have to have a mindset that we're going to walk in repentance. And I know that sometimes uh, repentance gets a real negative rap. You know, you kind of imagine some street preacher on the corner yelling, repent, or you're going to hell. And, and certainly there is a major repentance when it comes to giving our lives over to Christ. But for you, uh, if you're a Christian, then what we're talking about is fine-tuning on a daily basis, a constant attitude of repentance, and that is what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Emily and I just came back up to Minnesota. We're in the deep woods again, and it, it man, we have got a year of snow up here, and uh, they're talking about floods in the spring, record snowfall, and uh, in 1965, we had a huge, huge flood in the Twin Cities, and they're talking about this year possibly rival, rivaling 1965. So pray for us up here in the deep white woods of Minnesota. Uh, we are looking forward to spring. Had a great time down in Louisiana, I have to tell you. Uh, a, a shout out to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ in Louisiana. You guys have just been fantastic, and uh, we enjoyed our time there. And all of the various places that I was able to speak in uh, Mississippi with Father Mark Ropel in Hattiesburg, and we were over um, over in um, uh, St. Catherine of, of Siena, and uh, Father Tim, and, and that was over in uh, Metairie. And then we, we went over into um, Bell Chase, had a wonderful time over there, and uh, uh, just a number of places, and really enjoyed it. Anyway, I just want to say thank you to all of you, and a special thank you to, to Chef John Falls, who who housed us for several weeks while we were getting away from the cold, but also uh, engaged in ministry in the South. Hey, got a couple of emails here. Very, Just really appreciate your feedback, by the way. Uh, I'm at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. That's the email. And some of you now, I've, I appreciate this, you're beginning to talk to me on Instagram. And uh, that's where I'm going to be doing a lot of my work going forward is on Instagram. So I just kind of started that up. I've been a Twitter guy and Facebook and I just I'm kind of late to the party on Instagram, so go ahead and and uh, like it, like me. I guess that's what they call it, and uh, and we'll have a relationship there as well. Uh, Judy from Texas writes and says, "I just wanted to say thank you for all you do. 
I enjoy your podcast every week. They really give me insight into how I can grow closer to the Lord. I especially enjoy your show notes with the biblical references. And you are uh, quite welcome, Judy from Texas. Kent writes in and says, I listen to numerous podcasts while driving uh, throughout my day. I discovered your podcast recently, and it is now my favorite. Well, that's good. Uh, uh, He says, I appreciate the pastoral approach challenging me to go deeper through Scripture and practical spirituality. Our church is going through tough times, and it is easy to feel discouraged, especially when many of the podcasts I hear are all about doom and gloom. Hearing your show was just what I needed. I also recently began Morning Lexio Divina. I'm so grateful, just wanted to pass on some feedback and note of appreciation for the ministry you do. Well, thank you, Kent. I do appreciate that. And um, it's nice to know that we have a relationship here uh, on this weekly broadcast and that uh, I do take your advice. A lot of times these shows come as a result of your suggestions. And so you can either do that on Instagram, uh, let me know, or you can uh, send me an email, Show at ascensionpress.com. Well, we're going to talk about the power of radical repentance today, and I do say the power of radical repentance because repentance, when it is truly understood, is very powerful, and it can change your life in a in a real powerful way. There's two kinds of repentance we're really talking about here. I shouldn't say two kinds, but two situations. One is a radical reorienting of your life to Christ to come to him for the first time, where you are saying, Jesus, I, 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 I want you, and you're going to go through um, the process of coming to know Christ in his beautiful church. The, the one I want to talk about, however, today is one of what I would call a constant tune-up in your life. Uh, sometimes it's pretty serious, and uh, sometimes they are tweaks. We could put this in the category of mortal sin, which is very serious, and that causes is a cause for a radical, radical re- repentance. And then there's venial sin, which we should still have a repentant heart if we want to grow spiritually and be mature as activated disciples of the Lord. Uh, and that is also dealt with in Mass, but I think it's a good idea to have a constant attitude of repentance. It really is critical, and it's something that, uh, to be frank with you, I think I think a lot of people are losing this idea of, of repentance, and uh, they're just looking at the things that are going wrong in their life or those areas that miss the mark as far as the will of God is, as uh, just uh, kind of missing the mark. You know, I made a mistake that, hey, we can get over it. But I think we've got to take missing the mark very seriously. Now, this word for repentance, the word is metanoia. Metanoia, metanoia, and it means uh, the change of mind. It's a change of mind followed by appropriate action. And so, when I talk about repentance and and uh, and use this word metanoia, we're always talking about a change of mind, but it is followed by action. Now, true repentance is a change of mind and regret and remorse for sure, and and it's a type of a regret and a change of mind that takes responsibility for sin and does not blame other people. It's not trying to find other solutions as to why I did what I did, uh, or my or my um, attitude is what it is, or I said what I said, or I texted what I text. If it's sin and it's missing the mark, sin against others or, you know, sin against... Um, uh, the you know the Lord, then we've got to take responsibility for that. 
the life for the Christian is not uh, putting into place a system of believing, you know, saying, well, I believe everything the church teaches, and and I'm basically a good person. That Now I'm just going to kind of go on autopilot with whatever you want to do, with your vision for life and reaching out for, for, for your greater good. That's not really what we're called to. We're, we're not called to just kind of go on automatic pilot. So repentance is not asking the Lord for forgiveness with the intent that we're going to sin again. That's presumption. Repentance is an honest, regretful acknowledgement of sin with a commitment to change, that we're, we're going to change, and that's what we, that's what we say uh, in the act of contrition, when we go to confession, I've done a few shows on on going to confession, but we we make our act of contrition with the idea that we're not going to sin again. We're not, and I have more to say about that a little bit later on in the show about this idea of going to confession, knowing that it's kind of like fire insurance. We're going to buy some time, but we don't really have any plans of changing whatsoever. Man, that is that is that is presumption, and that is thin ice you're skating on right there. Repentance, a true biblical repentance, which we're going to look at that here, is repentance leads to uh, cultivate godliness while eradicating habits that that lead to sin and avoiding the near occasion of sin, the habits that, that get us into, into trouble. In Matthew chapter 4, in verse 17, and I'll have these scriptures in the show notes, and if you're not getting the show notes, send me an email, thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com, and the subject line just say, show notes, we'll get you on the list and we'll get them to you every week. But it says, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom of heaven is where Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning. And, and that's what we are going to be focusing on in our life, is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. In fact, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than anything else, and he talks about them in his parables and in his teaching at various times. The kingdom of heaven is very, very important. And so if God is going to reign, if Jesus is going to rule and reign in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, and uh, your thought life, uh, your business trips, whatever it might be, if he's going to truly rule and reign, then that is going to begin with repentance. That's the way it's going to begin. And I, and we're going to get to a definition here of repentance in a moment that is very, very powerful right from the catechism that talks about how repentance is a radical reorientation of your life. And if you're going to walk in the kingdom of God and have Jesus ruling and reigning your life, then you have to have an attitude of radically reorienting your life to him. That's repentance. And in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8, uh, it says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And so repentance uh, requires action in our life. It's not just an attitude, but it's a way of life. It's an attitude change, metanoia, followed by the appropriate behavior. And one of the byproducts of of repentance and, and living with an, an attitude of repentance is that there's a time of refreshing in our lives. I love what it says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, uh, Peter says, repent therefore, and turn again. Turn. See, there's that idea of metanoia, turn, uh, radically reorient, um, 
change your, your way of thinking. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And don't you know that when you go to confession that you leave there with a freshness? At least I do, and I, I've heard many people say that before, that they leave with this, this real refresh, refreshing in their life. And that's what we're looking for, right? We want to, to have that experience uh, in our lives. But in order to experience that, we have to actually repent or reorient our lives. There needs to be that change of, of mind. One of the greatest uh, stories of repentance comes from the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. You know it well. You might not know it by Luke 15, but if I tell you <clears throat> a little bit about the story, you say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that story. It's a story of the prodigal son. And the story of the prodigal son is really interesting because we've got a, a, a son here. This guy has two sons, a younger and an older and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Now, what's interesting about this is that in the culture back then, when a son would ask his father for the inheritance, it's basically the, you would get that inheritance when your father was dead. And so basically what the father's saying is, Dad, drop dead. And uh, it's a sign of real disrespect. Uh, so not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in loose living. Now, as I'm reading this, think about your life, you know, and all the beautiful things that the Lord has given us, and do we squander those, you know, on loose living? You might not call it loose living, but this, this younger son squandered his property to loose living, in loose living, and, and when he had spent everything... A great famine arose in the country, and he began to be in want. And so he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the, his fields to feed pigs. That's not kosher, you know that. And he would gladly have fed on pods, on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Now here's the key. It's verse 17 of Luke 15. This is the key sentence here. But when he came to himself... One translation says, and I like it a little bit better, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And then the rest of the story is beautiful. They, they killed the fatted calf and... Uh, I received a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, beautiful. The older brother was a bit jealous of it, but the point is, is that this younger son who had squandered his, his inheritance came to his senses. There's two things in that story that deal with repentance. And if you're stuck in sin, by the way, uh, this is so good for you because there's two things that the prodigal son did. Number one is he came to his senses. I mean, sin, uh, John Paul II said, St. John Paul II said that sin is spiritual suicide. It's suicide. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's going to kill you. It's, gonna, it's going to mess up your life. And it's not going to. Whatever sin you're going after, I can, I can promise you, it's not going to fulfill you. 
particularly sexual sins, if you're caught in that, you will not be fulfilled. You won't be fulfilled. And so this young man was in loose living, and he did two things. Number one, he came to his senses, you know, he sobered up in a sense. <laughs> he came to his senses. And number two, it says that he turned and he did what? He went back to his father. You see, it's not enough just to come to your senses and wake up. You've got to turn, metanoia. You've got to re- reorient your life back to the Father, back to Jesus, back to the Holy Spirit, and you've got to go. And action is required there. And this is a, such a great example of repentance. He came to his senses. In other words, a new realization. And uh, he's repenting in the hog pen. <laughs> oh my. Wow. What a what a what a what a visual picture, huh? Repenting in the hog pen. Are you in the hog pen? I hope not. But if you are, come to your senses today. This may be a word from the Lord for you driving in the car right now on your way to work. God may be calling you to a radical reorientation. So life is a constant reorientation. Uh, Incomplete repentance is not having remorse. Confession to buy time. Change of action is needed. You got to ask yourself, What is it that is grieving God in your life? And come to your senses and turn to him and line up your life with his will. That's why reading the Bible is so important. And so when we do an examination of the heart, it's very important to look at our heart. And you know that your heart is like, it's like unpeeling the layers of your heart and laying your soul bare before God. This is an examination of the heart. And you can use the Ten Commandments. You can, you can go through the, the seven deadly sins. You can, uh, you, you can uh, ask the Lord to show you what, what is it that is grieving God in your life. I'm confident that he can show you. And particularly if you've been walking with the Lord for some time now, you can hear him say, this area of your life, you need to turn back to me. It should really be a constant reflex of the heart to turn when faced with sin, a constant reflex of the heart. Boom, you know? And it's almost like that that uh, Apple watch you might wear on your wrist, you know, or some other kind of form of watch that taps your wrist when, when you need to stand up and get some exercise. Wouldn't it be nice if the moment we were out of touch with God's will, tap, tap on the wrist, your Apple phone or your Apple watch would, would tap you and say, uh-uh, buddy, you're out of bounds here. Well, you know what? If you're walking with the Lord, you can get that tap, tap. But that tap, tap's not going to come with the Apple Watch. That tap, tap is going to come deep within you when you know this is contrary to God. We're going to take a break here. When I come back, I want to go into a little bit about what the church teaches about repentance that is really juicy, really good. I think it's going to help you. So stay with me. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. 
go to youtube.com slash ascension presents that's youtube.com slash ascension presents and if you like what you see please share and subscribe Welcome back. Taking a little break there. Hey, by the way, before we get back into repentance here, I want to remind you that my new book, The Activated Disciple, is now out and available, as well as the 40-day challenge following it. And we'll put the uh, link in the show notes on how you can get your copy of The Activated Disciple. I am really happy with this book. This is a book I've wanted to to, uh, write for a long time, and it really goes into the details of how do you become a disciple on a day-to-day basis. I even have a whole chapter in there called A Cup of Kerygma, the Kerygma. Uh, It is a, a whole chapter on how to share your faith with other people. And um, that's something that we need to do in an age where we're actually losing people. Hey, come on, how are we going to grow in this wonderful kingdom unless we learn to share Christ with others? And so uh, get your copy of The Activated Disciple. And by the way, alert, alert, it's kind of like Fox and CNN, you know, always hear this, a news alert, breaking news. Well, here's, (laughs) it's usually not, but here's breaking news, okay, in the kingdom. The New Great Adventure Bible's back in the warehouse, and you can go online and order it. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay, back to repentance. Isaiah 30 in verse 15 says, I like this. It kind of goes along with the earlier scripture that I read in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. It's very similar. It talks about refreshing, you know, as a result of repentance. Isaiah 30 in verse 15 says, in returning, there it is, Metanoia, in returning, there it is, prodigal son, in returning, hopefully that's you, in returning in rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Isn't that beautiful? So you can find rest and strength in repentance. It's related to repentance. Let me ask you this, honestly, with where you're at right now. Uh, It's not an accident that you're listening to this show today. It's not an accident. I think God has a purpose for all of our lives, and it's all knit together like a tapestry. You can find rest and strength today, my friend, in repentance, in returning to the Lord in that area. You know about, you know it, I know it too, right? It's that closet upstairs that nobody gets into in your heart. If your heart was like a a house, there might be that closet you don't let anybody into. It's locked up. You've got your own private things in there. And if the Lord wants to come into your heart, he may just say, what's that stench that I smell up in the closet there? And you say, oh, Lord, it's nothing. It's nothing. Well, let's look at the other rooms. And he says, no, no, no. There's something rotten in there. I want to help you return. And you're going to experience rest and strength. So there's a, um, uh, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he, he was a, a part of an organization that is so helpful to people around the world. It's Alcoholics Anonymous. And he was talking to me about uh, an analogy that he often uses when he, when he talks to people. And, it, and boy, did it get my attention, you know? He, he said this, and it really made me think. He said, "If if he said, think of your life like an elevator that is falling. You are on the fiftieth floor, but it is going down." He said, "What floor do you want to get off at? Do you want to get off at the forty eighth floor? 
Are you going to wait till you go down to the 30th floor? Because you're going down and you're going down fast. And eventually you're going to hit the bottom where you lose your job. You lose your family. You might lose your health, all of your savings. It is going down. If you're caught up in that kind of a sin where the elevator is going down, ask yourself, how many floors down are you going to let this thing go before you get off? Getting off of that elevator is repenting and saying, I've had enough of this. Stop. I'm getting off here. And the only way you can do that is to call out to the Lord and ask for his strength and his power. And if you're caught up in something that is, uh, you're addicted to in your life, then this is the only hope for us. And we need the grace and the love and the mercy of God, but it comes through repentance. So back to this idea, let me talk about this a little bit more, this idea of going to confession. I've, I've, I have spoke to so many men at men's conferences. In fact, uh, this week I'm going to be up in Calgary, Canada at a men's conference. Um, if you go to confession with the intent to really, to really not change, and you just want to buy some insurance for a few days or a week or a month, that is so dangerous. I just got to say that again. It's so dangerous. See, confession was never meant to be a temporary safety net. That never was the, the intent of confession, to go to a confession and, and a priest hears your confession. You say, Father, for I have sinned, um, I can, I, I'm going to confess this, or I'm going to confess that. It was never meant to be a temporary safety net until you go in again. No. You see, with this attitude, you're in danger of losing the ability to make a good confession. And that's, but, but don't give up. Don't get me wrong. Don't give up. But uh, when we go into confession, we must never go in with the intent of, I'm buying time. But what are we going into confession for? To be conformed to Jesus Christ, to truly change, to reorient our lives. Ask for that grace, my friend. Ask for it. Romans chapter 23 and verse 4, Paul says, or do you presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Do you not know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Isn't that beautiful? See, God is kind, isn't he? And you know that, and that's why you're going to confession. But don't presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience. Don't presume uh, uh, upon his patience. Do you not know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? It isn't a four-day safety net. He also told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 7, 9, As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. Isn't that beautiful? Now let's turn to the catechism for a moment. I want to I want to share a few things from the catechism in the time that we have left here that I think will be uh, real helpful to you. Uh, paragraph fourteen thirty one. It'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. It says interior repentance, and this is the main one. This is the one I, I was alluding to earlier, and it's uh, this is a paragraph fourteen thirty one that really changed my whole attitude about repentance. And when I teach the charisma which uh, the, the, uh, the, the third point of the kerygma is repentance. Uh, I use this wording, and I think this fits our culture really, really well. It says, interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life. 
Wow, let's say that again. Man, you need to write that on a card, Jeff. <laughs> Stick that in the car. Stick that on your, your smartphone. Put that on the mirror in the bathroom. Interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life. Wow. I'm just going to soak that up here for a second. That is, that's yummy. That's yummy is Greek for really good. Uh, interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with all our heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance toward the evil actions we have committed. Man, what would, let me pause there. What would our church be like if all of us, including myself, I need to hear this myself, what would our church be like if, if we could stand up and say, I'm going to repent, I'm going to have a conversion to God with all my heart. There's going to be an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance toward the evil actions that we've committed. And at the same time, it entails the desire and resolution to change one's life with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of his grace. You see, this conversion of heart is accompanied by a salutary pain and sadness, which the fathers called the affliction of spirit, repentance of heart. Boy, that's a good one, isn't it? I'm going to make sure that's in the show notes for you. And then goes on in 1432, the human heart is heavy and hardened, and God must give man a new heart. Conversion is first of all a work of the grace of God who makes our hearts return to him. Restore us to thyself, O Lord, that we may be restored. God gives us the strength to begin anew. It is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and the weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. You know what? Do a little exercise. If you can imagine for a moment, use your imagination during Lexio Divina or just any time, and imagine yourself gazing upon Jesus as he's on the cross for your sins. And ask yourself, knowing that he's on the cross because of your sins and he's died for you, would you presume upon this and say, Lord, thank you, forgive me, and then go out and do it again, knowing what you have seen? Wouldn't that be a powerful thing? Every time we go to Mass, just gaze upon the crucifix of the Lord, who has loved us so much. In paragraph 546, Jesus' invitation to enter his kingdom comes in the form of parables, a characteristic feature of his teaching. Through his parables, he invites people to the feast of the kingdom, but he also asks for a radical choice to gain the kingdom. One must give everything. Words are not enough. Deeds are required. The parables are like mirrors for man. Will, will he be hard soil or good earth for the word? Are you hard soil or good earth for the word? What use has he made of the talents he has received? Jesus and the presence of the kingdom in this world are secretly at the heart of the parables, and one must enter the kingdom, that is, become a disciple of Christ in order to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. For those who stay outside, everything remains enigmatic. 
Now, real quickly, mortal sin is described in a similar language as repentance. I found this to be interesting in paragraph 1861. I found it to be really interesting. It says in 1861 that mortal sin is a radical possibility of human freedom, as is love itself. It results in the loss of charity and the privation of sanctifying grace, that is, of the state of grace. If it is not redeemed by repentance and God's forgiveness, and what's repentance? It is a radical reorientation. Mortal sin is a radical possibility of human freedom, as is love itself, right? But the the Catechism says, if it is not redeemed by repentance and God's forgiveness, it causes exclusion from Christ's kingdom and the eternal death of hell. For our freedom has the power to make choices forever. Oh, man, man, that is good stuff. That is good stuff. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Your freedom, say your name right now. Say your name and then repeat after me. I'll say, Jeff's freedom. Go ahead and say your name. Freedom has the power to make choices forever. Let's say it with I. I have the power to make choices forever with no turning back. However, although we can judge that an act is in itself a grave offense, we must entrust judgment of persons to the justice and the mercy of God. But I just want to accent that, accent that one point, and that is that the choices we make are choices that go into the area of forever. Oh, my word. That is sobering. I apologize. This is hitting me even as I am doing the show here and thinking, wow. Wow. But here's the good news, my friend. If you're breathing, there's hope. How many times will God forgive you? Well, he kind of describes it, doesn't he? Seven times 70. 70 times seven. In other words, he will. He will continually forgive you. But don't allow yourself to be jaded by presuming upon the, the grace of God and the forgiveness and the kindness and the mercy of God. I'll end with this. I love it in Revelation 3, 3. As, he's, uh, as John is talking to the church of Sardis, one of the seven churches of Asia Minor, which is today modern-day uh, Turkey, there are seven churches there, and none of them are Christian anymore. They're all Muslim. He says, remember then what you received and heard. Keep that and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come upon you. Isn't that a great way to end the show? <laughs> but isn't it, a, isn't it really poignant? Repent. Let me say, I'll say it again. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep that and repent. And then he kind of explains what repentance is there. He says, if you're not going to wake up, I'll come like a thief. So that's the message. Wake up. Wake up. Walk in an attitude of being awake. And walk in an attitude of repentance, walk in an attitude of of daily, radically reorienting your life to Jesus. When you're thinking about sin, reorient. If you do sin, reorient. 
and never give up on the grace of God. This is a way of life for us. This is a battle. This is life. This is what is before us. And so I encourage you today, I encourage you today to seriously take a moment to pray and just ask the Lord, how, how, how am I doing in my life? Are there areas that are grieving you? And, and if there are, Lord, I want to repent. That is, I want a radical reorientation. I want to wake up and I want to return to you in those areas. And if you do, as it says in, in Acts chapter 3 and Isaiah chapter 30, it's in the show notes, times of refreshing and rest and quietness will come to you. Sounds good, doesn't it? All right, so just a quick reminder, go to Instagram. Let's be friends there. Uh, Go to iTunes or Google Play and rank the show. Leave some comments. Appreciate that. Tell your friends. Share share some of the shows in the backlog of the 106 shows and all these topics with friends. Go through them. Give someone a birthday gift and send it on to them. Let's work together at getting the word out there and... uh, Uh, bragging about our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you before we conclude. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I lift up my friend to you right now, and whatever they are going through in the quiet of their own heart, Lord, I pray that, that they will have courage to face you and to allow you to touch the layers of the heart, like an onion, in the layers of that onion, allow allow you to go deep into those layers and touch the areas of their life that are contrary to your will. May they be sensitive and respond with a radical reorientation and a returning to you, and a return away from that which is hurting them and destroying them. We pray this for your glory, Lord, in the spread of your kingdom. And I ask also for the prayers of our dear mother. Help us in this struggle. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you, and I'm praying for you. God bless.